grab a beverage or two We got professional guests with lots of stories for you So take a seat right here And join us on Careers Over Beers Welcome to Careers Over Beers podcast, ladies and gentlemen And before we start, I just wanted to give a huge shout out to Kansas State Wildcats on the Big 12 Championship win Yes. Did you watch that? No. Was that today? That was today. No, I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> that was about an hour ago. So I'm a little bit, a little bit buzzed right now. Yeah. Because man, big deal, big deal. Big Twelve champs beat TCU undefeated, number three, and I think we're going to the Sugar Bowl. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Go Cats. Yes. And you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Yeah. Uh, my name's David Akau. Um, some people call me Trainer Dave. Trainer Co- Dave. Yeah. Coach Dave. Whatever. Um, I basically do. I'm like I'm basically a sports performance coach. Yeah. Uh, kind of personal trainer. Uh, very similar. Um, and I train with Amplify. Um, we are in, located inside of Wichita Hoops right now. Um, we're more of a sports performance uh, kind of gym. So I work with a lot of athletes. Uh, I do work with a little bit of general population as well. But uh, definitely love what I do. Right on, man. Um, you said you were similar to a. Perform not performance, but a uh, personal trainer. Yes, and I know I spoke with a personal trainer recently. Shout out to Tiger Faulkner. Yes, and he said that you know he doesn't really deal with athletes as much. Most yeah. people do want to deal with athletes uh-huh. when they get into this occupation, for sure. So you're kind of doing the dream gig for a lot of kids, probably that want to yeah. go this route. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge, and obviously I listened to that episode, and I can kind of see where he's coming from um, because it it can be very. I think it's a little bit more oversaturated. You know, everybody's trying to work with athletes. The, the sports. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And like you said, a lot of people may not at first want to work with old people. Um, and I actually have, you know, a handful of old older adults that I work with as well. Um, but yeah, no, I think sports performance, you know, I love it. You know, um, you know, I was, I was a athlete growing up in high school. Yeah. And then I played college football. Um, did you really? I did. I played at played at Friend, uh, Coffeeville and Friends. Okay. Um, never played. Never made it to the D one, but uh, you know, I, I did play at the college level, and I always felt like you know strength conditioning and speed and agility is kind of what helped set me apart as an athlete. And so you know now I kind of get to share what I've learned and help um, you know the aspiring athletes you know get to where they want to be. It's always good to have a coach that's been there and done that. For sure. Somebody that understands yes. it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what uh, kind of helps me, sets me apart is, you know, I'm only 23. I'm f- kind of fresh out of college. Um, and so I feel like I can relate with the the kids that I train pretty well. Yeah. So. Well, hell yeah, dude. And we're drinking Monster Zeros today. Yes. Uh, that was your drink of choice. Caffeine's my best friend. <clears throat> uh, I think pretty much any personal trainer or coach, you know, you work a lot of long hours. So you got to got to drink a lot of caffeine yeah and these are very popular where i work monster energy zeros the white ones yes people are obsessed with these things they drink them like they're water i think the white one is kind of the classic and that's one of it my, is. my favorites as well zero so. cows zero sugar can't yes complain. can't complain at i all. might dump a little vodka in mine later on uh, yeah <laughs> shout out to boot hill distillery once again they're a sponsor of mine um so yeah cheers sir yes yes sir Let's drink some monsters it, you know it's not very often i drink monster but when not, I do, it's enjoyable. Yeah, not a big caffeine guy? I am. I drink a lot of coffee. Coffee, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I drank a lot of energy drinks when I was younger, and then I made the health choice at some point to switch over to coffee just yeah. because 
And then I started drinking way too much coffee, and so oh, I yeah. cut back. So now I do like a couple cups. Yeah, as long as you get some type of caffeine. I think yeah. You should be. And then I switched to cocaine when I got <laughs> old enough. <laughs> Which you should, I would advise you to do the same. Okay. Get a chance. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, so you kind of told us your background a little bit and stuff. Where did you begin with this whole journey of becoming a performance coach or yeah, a trainer? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, like I said, I went to friends. Uh, well, I feel like when when I was in high school is when the whole journey started. You know, well, actually, I, I'll take I think eighth grade probably middle yeah. school eighth grade. That's when I started lifting weights. I was twelve years old. I started lifting in my mom's basement. Had like a three hundred pound weight set, um, and you know, would work out like three days a week and. You know, I got a lot bigger, a lot stronger, um, and you know, I think a lot of you know my teammates and coaches kind of recognized I was kind of you know kind of set apart from the the rest of the athletes that weren't doing strength training at the time. Um, and I just continued to fall in love with it throughout high school. You know, took it seriously. Um, set apart physically or in terms of like motivation? I'd say both. You know, I felt, I always feel like I had the drive to kind of push myself. I didn't really have a personal trainer when I was younger. Um, but then also physically, you know, I felt like I was my max, my maxes on bench and squat were always higher than the rest of my, my classmates. And so what was your max bench? Uh, when I was in, I think my freshman year, I benched 205, which is, you know, decent. And then for 14. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then my senior year I benched, I think it was like 285. Damn. Um, So, and I've been, I was probably about 190 pounds when I was in high school, um, Maybe I'm about 205 now. Yeah. So, are you still lifting pretty heavy to this quite, day? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, I still like to love training like I'm an athlete. Um, so, I usually try to work out about four days a week. Um, and yeah, definitely love it. And so, yeah, I still like to train like I'm an athlete. Like, I got a game to play every weekend, uh, even though I don't. But um, and I'm sure we'll, you miss that feeling. I do. You know, I really do. Yeah. When you had something to look forward to for every sure. week, like for sure going against a new opponent. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I, I can kind of relate with my athletes is I can just kind of see that drive inside of them. And I feel like the drive is still inside of me, but now it's just career focused and, you know, it's, I, I have that drive to, you know, be the best trainer I can be now. What do you do when you have a student or a you know, an athlete that doesn't really have their mind in it. They don't really want to do it, but they're being pushed hard by their parents mm-hmm. or something. Do you see that often? I actually, I do. Um, it's like, there's two different ways. Like one, I have some athletes that I trained there. Uh, like the parents were, were really good as athletes and they played in college and whatnot. Yeah. So I feel like they push, you know, their kids to be the same way. Um, and then there's like the opposite where like, um, there's like kid there were like parents that didn't weren't weren't the best athletes themselves but they want their their kid to be um to be the best yes exactly yeah so um luckily most of the kids i work with are pretty driven um but i think just what separates a good coach from a great coach is you gotta you know communicate um in ways that the athlete will understand you know how you know, how this exercise is going to help them, you know, this squat is going to help you jump higher, you know, uh, the sled push is going to help you sprint faster, stuff like that. Um, kind of help relate it um, into ways they would understand and just help them fall in love with the process of getting better each and every workout. And in your position, are you mainly just doing weight training? Um, so actually, it's probably a little bit of both. Um, I have a lot of 
um, athletes come to me for speed and agility. Um, I feel like there's a big niche and a big need for that is getting faster. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I do kind of believe firmly, you know, everybody needs to be doing strength training and a lot of times you want to get faster, you have to, um, get stronger in order to do that. So, um, it's probably about 50, 50. Um, I mean, I, I do know how to run a speed and agility session, which is just body weight basically. And, you know, doing different sprint mechanic drills and whatnot. But then I also love, you know, trying to get my athletes in the weight room and, um, getting them stronger as well. So what is your role overall? Like, are you involved with the sports that they're involved in? Or are you just one-on-one um, -on -one clients? Like, how does that all work? Yeah, it's I, – I call it basically um, – I, I would call it – you know, I'm in the private sector, you yeah. know. So, you know, obviously the parents are the ones paying me. I'm kind of running my own business. Um, whereas, you know, there's high school and college strength conditioning. Um, so what I do is a little bit different. I'm not really working – with like with their teams team, or yeah anything. no not really we do have like some contracts with some club sport teams but um so it, these these are people that are coming to you and they're saying hey my kid wants to get better and stronger and faster will you privately coach him and strengthen him or her yeah to, yeah that's pretty much okay kind of what it what it is um what's your business then so well, basically, the gym I train primarily out of is Amplify, um, and basically our goal is to um, bring, like, the college strength conditioning experience into the private sector. Okay. Um, I think the problem I see is there's a lot of trainers um, in, you know, the Wichita area that maybe aren't the most qualified to work with athletes, um, you know. I think people think it's easy to, to train athletes, and you know, to be honest, kind of to a, to a certain extent, you know, a lot of these athletes are still going through puberty and whatnot. So like, like kind of pretty much anything, a lot of times you do with them is going to help them get better. Um, but we believe we go more in depth, you know, uh, you know, myself and then Andy, uh, another trainer at the gym is a certified strength conditioning specialist. Uh, so that's like, if you ever wanted to be a college strength coach, you have to have that certification. And so, you know, we believe it's just think, little things like that that set us apart, and we go a little bit more detailed in the way we program um, for our athletes. So this is kind of a newer thing. It's not something that's been around for a long time, and you see more of a desire for it. Yeah, well, with Ampl yeah, Amplify, we've been been in business for a little bit over a year now, um, and I've been I, I actually started my career at the YMCA, um, and that's I did train some athletes there. Um, I think there's just a little bit of a barrier. Um, when you're trying to train athletes at a big box gym where now we're basically kind of independent. We, it's, we have our own target market. Um, we're inside of Wichita hoops. So, um, there's kind of athletes already built in. And so, um, yeah, I think, you know, we only see bigger and b better things from here. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And your ultimate goal is to go on to college or are you trying to stay in this private sector and just build your clientele? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of really just trying to stay in the private sector and build my clientele. Um, you know, I am looking at, you know, becoming, you know, becoming a gym owner in the future and, mm -hmm. you know, basically managing trainers and, uh, you know, basically operating a sports performance facility um, is something I've been looking into. But, you know, um, basically, I think the thing, the downfall is a lot of people don't understand with college strength conditioning is it's very, it, it's, believe it or not, it's very low pay. Um, 
you know, every, everybody's basically trying to do it. Um, so if it's you're working of, for a university or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's pretty, I think, pretty oversaturated. Is uh, it? Usually you have to work for free, you know, intern, become a GA. So three or four years of working for free in order to get a spot. And then that, that spot's usually typically not the best pay. Mm-hmm. And then you usually have to relocate. Um, and, you know, I was a Wichita kid, so been, uh, you know, pretty much born and raised here and lived here pretty much my whole life. And so I definitely see the need for a sports resor- sports performance facility in Wichita. And I, I think there's a lot of talent, um, you know, in Wichita. And I think a sports performance facility will help um, just create more opportunities for our athletes. Are college kids actually coming to you as well, or is it mainly uh, high school? It's mainly high school. Um, that's kind of our target demographic. Yeah. Uh, I have had some college athletes that I have worked with. Um, it is a little bit trickier with the college athletes, for sure, just because, um, again, we really only have Wichita State friends and Newman. Um, so a lot of times those athletes will um, – if you know, if we are to work with those athletes, typically it's in the off season, maybe in the summers when they're home – or else like over winter or Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of times those, those college athletes do have like full-time strength conditioning coaches. Whereas in the high school athletes, um, a lot of times they have just have sport coaches running their weights program, which um, a lot of times, you know, unfortunately they're not the most qualified to be, you know, in the weight room teaching strength conditioning. And I think especially in the high school setting and when you have, you know, 20, 30 athletes, it, it's hard to customize a program specifically to that person. It can kind of get cookie cutter and everyone's doing the same thing. So um, when they come to me in the private sector, you know, we can assess them and kind of customize a program just tailored um, exactly to that individual. Right. And what makes you qualified? What did what were your credentials to become a sports training yes. performance coach like this? So, um, I, like I said, I, I've, you know, been an athlete myself. I think that's a, a big thing is I've, you know, I've lived the grind, um, you know, of playing in Juco mm-hmm. uh, and to NAIA. I did play a little bit of arena football with the force. Oh, uh, really? A little bit. Yeah. So I guess I can kind of say I was a pro athlete. That's pretty cool. Um, and then I, I have my bachelor's degree in health and physical education from friends. And then I, I did sit for my CSCS exam and passed it. Um, and that's, people don't understand, like, that's a very difficult certification to get. It's not just a certified personal training certification. Um, it, you do, you are required to have a four-year degree. Um, it has about a 60% pass rate. It's all about, you know, the anatomy of the body, you know, exercise technique, nutrition, you know, all the basic, all the basic things you need to do uh, or you need to know to train high-level athletes. Um, and then that's the certification that you said is required to go on to college. College, Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, so that, um, and then just the years of experience I've had, you know, I've trained a lot of different athletes from youth athletes to high school to college. Um, and you know, it's definitely a passion of mine. Yeah. And are your credentials ever checked by anybody or is this something that anybody could do? Could I open up my own place right now and just say, you know what, I'm going to be a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, no. And that, that's honestly, unfortunately that's the way it goes. Um, it is. Yeah. So there are like, I know of some gyms in town where, you know, the people running it. Um, and I mean, aren't d- qualified. I, in your I don't, opinion. Well, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to say that it's just, um, you know, the CSCS is a rare certification to find. Um, uh-huh. And so I know a lot of gym owners, don't and and trainers uh that train that you know claim to train athletes don't have it 
Um, so you can promote yourself with that and say, you know, look what I have here. I have what the college performance coach. Yes, has. yeah, and that's what we try to do. Um, the, but the sad reality is, you know, athletes and the parents don't even know what a CSCS is most of the yeah. time. Um, so you know, you have to kind of communicate other ways. Um, just like, you know, um, I think with the athletes, it's pretty cool is and unique is that. Um, it's easy, it's easy to get referrals from their teammates and the parents. Um, so just saying, you know, Hey, I work with, you know, this kid, um, and this is what he's been able to do. He's, you know, increased his vertical jump by five inches. You know, his, his 40 yard dash has gone down you know, by 0.2 mm-hmm. seconds. Um, and you know, we can, we have the data to prove it that our, you know, that our training works. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, um, God, what was I going to ask? I had a question I was going to ask. Um, man, I forgot it now. Oh, well. Anyways, um, <laughs> um, when it comes to the workouts themselves and stuff like that, where does most of that knowledge come from? Is that just personal experience? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's a little bit of both. It's personal experience. It's, you know, I've had a lot of great uh, coaches and mentors I've been around, um, you know, so like, my strength coach at Friends, Coach Belden, uh, I take a lot of stuff from him. Um, and then I had an intern, or I interned for a strength coach at Newman that I use a lot of his stuff. Um, and then, like, you know, my boss that I work with, uh, Andy, uh, he's super knowledgeable. I've, you know, we learned some stuff from him. Uh, so you kind of just take things from everybody you've been around and the people you've been around and kind of make it into your own. Yeah. Um, and I do train like some small groups and some, well, yeah, small groups and some bigger groups. Um, and so a lot of times, like there's a lot of things behind the scenes that, that people don't understand is like, you have to, you know, if you have a big group of people and you're not in the best facility, a lot of times you're gonna have to do stuff body weight. You have to, um, take into account the facility and how much space everyone's going to have and, especially if you're training groups, you don't want people standing around doing nothing. You really got to make sure time's utilized wisely. Um, so I always take that account into account when programming sessions. Yeah. Is it kind of the same as like the personal trainer where you're making your schedule with these clients and you're kind of booking them out like one day a week or something like that. And then they kind of do the rest of it on their own. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's very similar. Like I basically kind of make my own hours, the thing about athletes is, you know, really the only time you can train them, especially during the school years after school. Yeah. So from about four o'clock to nine p.m., it's pretty much jam packed with athletes. Um, and then I do so have some general pop that I train in the early afternoons and mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, usually I I get I try to get athletes in two to three times a week. Um, the thing is, you know, group training is definitely the most cost efficient because. Um, you know, they could either pay $60 a session or else maybe, you know, $20 a session if they're training with, you know, four of their buddies. Um, yeah. And so. So is that a lot more popular than training? Yeah, it people? is. Uh, especially with the athletes just because uh, I think it's they it's more fun for them because they can bring their friends. Yeah. Um, I like to push the aspect of that, you know, you can, there's more competition in, in a group setting when they're, um, as opposed to when they're just by themselves. Um, so. Yeah, that, that the group option is typically um, the most popular option when training athletes. And then you have to trust them to go home and do this on their own a lot of the times, right? Yeah, um, and it's crazy. A lot of these kids are 
like, like I said, the, especially the driven kids, they have the drive to do it on their own. They're willing to, yeah. Yeah. You don't have any real burnouts in there that are just like, I'm not doing that shit. Uh, there's, some, there's some of those kids, and those are the ones that might be, be being forced to. Their parents are pushing yeah, them to go there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's crazy. I have some kids that they lift on their own. Um, they have skill, like, because what I do is basically just strength conditioning and speed and agility, but there's also the skills training. So, um, like I got some baseball kids that do arm care work where they're basically working pitching mechanics. Um, there's some basketball kids that I train that will do, you know, basketball private lessons. So it's like, you know, these kids are, you know, basically lifting on their own, they're doing skills training and they're doing speed agility with me. Um, which is pretty, pretty crazy in my opinion. And you said that, you know, a lot of them are going through puberty and stuff at the time. And I don't know how young you go, but uh-huh. is there a period there where you're, where it's detrimental to like work out and stuff? I don't think so. When you're um, real young. I think you have to be, um, uh, you have to be thoughtful and intentional with what you do. Um, especially with the younger kids, there is the, the myth. I think that strength training is, will stunt your growth. If you start at a young age. Yeah. There's all sorts of weird stuff out there like that. Yeah. Um, again, it's just, it's all about what you do. So like with, I do work with some youth athletes, like some younger, you know, fourth grade, sixth grade. Um, and it's not necessarily uh, detrimental for them to strength train. I think it can be very beneficial, but a lot of times you start off with body weight stuff, you know, resistance bands. Um, you know, I, I personally would never really have somebody start right away with a barbell bench press and a barbell back squat. Yeah, I was gonna say like if you think about a fourth grader lifting weights, that's kind yeah. of that's kind of weird. I mean, they don't really have the testosterone even to rebuild those muscles, and plus they're growing, so it's uh-huh. like you know you get real lengthy and yeah, and uh, I don't know. I don't know, but I don't see why it would be detrimental. I've heard yeah. those myths, so those same uh-huh. myths where it's like it's going to stunt yeah. your growth and it's going to make you grow weird and mm-hmm. stuff, but I never really knew the science behind it or anything. Yeah, no, there's, I mean, and I think there's like Olympic weightlifters, like, I don't know if you've seen it, there's like some kids in like China that start super young. Um, yeah, I've seen some of those. Yeah. I mean, when we were kids, uh-huh. there was that Hercules kid, you know, there's yes, some of those, I think I've seen, like eight yeah, or nine and uh-huh. they're just ripped, yeah. you know. Um, and like I said, I think you kind of use those kids as proof that it doesn't stunt your growth. And they probably have more growth hormone pumping through them at the time too. Probably, you know? yeah. And it, well, no, that's the thing is, I think even at that young age, you know, lifting heavy will increase, you know, their t- their testosterone. And, yeah. Um, it, that's the thing is their nervous system's kind of still developing, so like neurologically, lifting weights is basically just going to help them become stronger mm-hmm. um, very quick. But then you have those kids that are like you know 14 15 and they're basically already fully grown yeah you know those are crazy too we had some of those in school yeah you know it's yeah it's because i have some uh, like freshmen and sophomores in college or not high school that like they just look like they're um kind of fully developed yeah full beard and everything (laughs) it's like what the hell it's crazy (laughs) yeah um do you ever have kids though that are like just so unathletic that you're like i don't know if you should be doing this man you uh, know? yeah I'll, I'll be honest like that is something you see is i think they say that is a lot of times in the private sector you're not working with the best kid like at most athletically gifted kids um it's, it's hard to say like if it's genetics like you know i think yeah like like i said some of these kids that you know that's that's some, something i usually ask the kids is or even the parents is i'll be like you know oh did your you know, did your dad play sports in college and They'll be like, oh yeah, he played you know Division One baseball, and then I'm like, okay, that makes sense why you're so um, 
you can you like you're so athletically gifted. Um, yeah. And then there are there are some. I mean, you could just kind of tell by the way kids run sometimes. Like, um, they just don't have it. Yeah, and it's you know, obviously they they might take a little extra work. Um, and so um, you know, I, I don't want to ever say you know anyone can never get to a certain level. Um, it just takes a little bit of extra time, and that's kind of how I always felt as an athlete. Is you know, I never felt like I was the most athletically gifted, um, but. I think I just continue to work and get better, and um, that's what really helped set me apart. And it's oftentimes it's it's those it's those athletes that like nobody ever believed in them. Um, you know, they weren't the five star athlete growing up, but if you can help mold that you know that kid into a five star athlete, I think those are the best stories. You know, as opposed to the kids who just had it you know from a young age they just got it yeah because there are those kids you know there oh i'm sure yeah you've probably seen some of those too oh, where you're like this is a superstar for sure and, th- and those kids are great and you can do a lot of awesome like high level things with those kids that you can't do with a, a beginner athlete you know uh-huh. sometimes with the beginner athletes you just really have to focus on the fide- fundamentals of sprinting and learning how to how to move properly what's more important having that natural gift or having the strongest motivation in the world i would say 100 percent the strongest motivation really because, yeah i think especially if you if want, i was okay let me give yeah, you an yeah, example here for sure, yeah, yeah. or let me give you a scenario you got to pick okay you're born with lebron james's genetics uh-huh. but you don't give a shit about anything you don't care about getting stronger you're just kind of lethargic and lazy yeah or you're somebody that's just an average joe like me maybe uh-huh and i'm just like rocky just won't stop just giving it my all it, I, I gotta choose the rocky yeah you know, absolutely yeah um over the freak genetics i would yep um you know i i mean obviously the freak genetics like i don't know it if, if they're lazy they probably won't be motivated to train with me and there are some times where i have kids where it seems like they're not really giving a hundred percent but then they're like like you said there's the rocky that they're they're determined they're bought in mm-hmm. they're willing to do what it takes to get better I mean, those are the kids that are are it's a lot more fun to work absolutely, with. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. But when it comes to like freak genetics, you they might not have to try at all, and they're still going to go D one. Yeah, I mean, you are right, you know. Um, but I don't know, like 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 I said. So I actually started my career as a walk on at Coffeeville, um, and I saw those kids all over the place, just like freak genetics, um, just super fast, just like, and then they, they were like, they like did not give a shit in the they weight just room. Just threw it away. Yeah, like well, no, it's just like. Like they would just half-ass it in the weight room, mm-hmm. and then there was me. Like I, I never really felt like I was the most athletically gifted. You know, I wasn't. I was. I mean, I felt like I was a decent football player in high school, but I never had any offers or anything. Yeah. Um, like I got, you know, underlooked. Um, you just gave it your all, though. Yes, I did, and I think it paid off for me in the long run. You know, gave it all my all because I think that's the thing is, if kids work hard in the weight room. They're going to work hard just in anything they do in, in life. life. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely more beneficial mentally for like, sure, and for your whole life. You know, you can reference that the rest of your life if you're that absolutely. kind of person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of what I do. Is I I tell my story. I think it's easier for kids to relate to. Yeah, it's like I was never the most athletically gifted growing up, but uh, you know, I I was able to you know use uh, my you know the strength the weight room to help mold me into a better athlete um and that's kind of where i why i'm here today doing what i what i'm doing oh yeah for sure yeah like, most kids can't relate to somebody like michael phelps yeah no uh, you know no, not I mean, at all it's just it, it's not relatable it's somebody no. that was gifted with the best physique yes. ever for their sport and right. it's like you know but you could they can definitely relate to a rocky story where yes, somebody's 100%. an average joe giving yeah. it their all 
I feel like that, and I feel like that's a story everyone loves, you know. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So it might be better in your case. Like, I think it for, is for an athletic 100%. performance coach. Yeah. To be more of an average Joe than yeah. to be somebody that's like this crazy, you know, crazy career played in yeah. the NFL and stuff, and kids are like, okay, but yeah, I don't know, yeah, I don't, I don't know, like I think kind of when we were talking, like I, I mentioned, I played football, and you were kind of mm-hmm. seemed kind of surprised, like I played middle linebacker. I, I mean, I don't know if I had the typical frame. I'm I'm about five ten. I was probably about two hundred five when I played. Yeah, and so that's really not the average frame for a middle linebacker, um, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of tell my story. Like, it wasn't the frame that set me apart. It was more just the strength and, you know, the speed and also just the mentality that helped uh, help me play at the next level. Hell yeah, man. Have you seen anything, like any weird trends out there in the world as far as, like, scams go with workouts? Do you see anything weird on social media? I feel like things are, are uh, changing all the time with social media uh, or like there's always new gimmicks coming out is it making it better or worse in your so i would say worse um really? and here's the thing. I, I use social media quite a bit for to market my business um that's what i was gonna ask earlier yes. when i lost my okay. question okay yeah. yeah yeah because you were talking about um how a lot of it's like word of mouth you know a lot of your clientele is word of mouth yeah, and just yeah. relying on people to tell their friends and i was gonna say how much has social media played a factor in your job so it's actually been pretty big time for me. Um, I I post every single day. Um, and so, yeah, that's actually a pretty big thing with the athletes is, um, I mean, I mean, with high school athletes, like they're on, I mean, unfortunately they're on their phones all the time. Pretty much everybody's got social media. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I usually do is I'll tag my athletes. I'll post videos of my athletes and almost like 90% of the time they'll share it to their story They'll share it to their friends. Um, all their friends see it, and then that sends in like more referrals, basically. So, I've gotten quite a bit of. Uh, I don't know it's, it. It goes hand in hand with the referrals, but it's just like digital referrals as opposed to uh, word of mouth referrals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Social media has kind of been a game changer for me. Yeah, I think it has for everybody. Yeah. And I'm jealous of the fact that you post every day. Yeah. How do you <laughs> well, motivate yourself to do that? It's literally like, it's just something I have to do. It's like, or not a habit. It's just like a habit. Yeah, pretty much. Like, habit now, yeah. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll save, I'll make, have like a day where I make content and I'll save it the night before. And then just when I wake up in the morning, like first thing I do is I, I'll just hit the draft, post it, and then I'm basically good for the day. Yeah. People don't realize how much of a necessity that is today. Mm-hmm. And uh, most people that I talk to now on this podcast the most random jobs you'd never even consider that you'd be like you know oh you're a sports performance coach uh-huh. all you do is focus on your athletes which is mm-hmm. most of what you do probably but yeah. there's also that aspect of like we're trying to grow clients mm-hmm. and you have to post every day 100 percent. yeah you know i think that's the thing people don't realize well i mean there's two th- i mean there's a truth and there's also like i think uh social media can be detrimental because sometimes people think it's all about posting um, but if I had to choose between word of mouth and posting, I would like I would choose word of mouth. You know, relationships, you know, building the relationship with the parents. Um, you know, that's always going to be better than social media. Yeah, um, and it's authentic. You know, when uh-huh. somebody tells you, "Hey, I worked with this coach for a long time, got great results." Yeah, that's way more trustworthy. You feel a lot better about mm-hmm. reaching out to that coach versus yeah. seeing somebody online. You never know. If yeah, it's exactly. Fake if, for you know. sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, kind of just going back to what you were saying, like, you know, that's the thing about being in the private sector is it's not just training athletes. That's probably about half of it. It's also the 
you know, being able to retain, you know, your clients, um, you know, being able to market yourself, um, you know, programming behind the scenes. Um, so there's really a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What does your normal day look like? So actually my, right now my mornings are pretty free. Um, and that's, uh, I actually don't mind it. You know, I know there's a lot of personal trainers and stuff that will start their day at 6am. Um, but I, as of right now, I mean, that, that ha- I have had 6 a.m. clients in the past, but as of right now, I don't really have much in the mornings. So I kind of, you know, get to get to sleep in a, a little bit. And then um, I start my day with my yeah, my content on social media. Um, and then um, I'm always trying to read something and learn. Uh, I think that's a big just life hack in general, even as a trainer or whatever you do is just you're always you always got to keep learning or else you'll fall behind. And so I try to read at least 10 pages of a book a day. Um, and then, you know, usually I'll eat my, you know, my breakfast and my lunch. And then, uh, a lot of times if, if it is a workout day, I'm usually able to fit my workout in, in the morning. Um, and then afternoon wise from about one o'clock to nine o'clock, that's usually when I train clients. Um, that's pretty, pretty full. Day. And then, yeah, yeah. Usually if I need, if I do need to work on programming, I'll get that done in the mornings. Um, but yeah, it's pretty, pretty full day for me. Are you going five days a week, six days a week? <laughs> As of right now, I train clients seven days a week. So you're just taking them whenever. If pretty somebody much, asks yeah, for a time, you're at Pretty much. Um, and right now I'm lucky where I'm in the position where I don't have kids. Um, so um, yeah, I can pretty much work, you know. Pretty these, much do whatever. Yeah. Um, but I know probably, it's probably not a sustainable, or the work life I'm, the work life balance I have right now is probably not sustainable. Um, but like I said, I'm in, the, I'm young, I'm 23. I'm in the position yeah. to where I can do it. You can build it up. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're in that grind mode right now. Absolutely. You don't have a family to deal with yet. You yeah. can just grind it out and establish yourself a little bit. hundred percent. And then I think hopefully once I get my name and I, I think I'm starting to establish my name a little bit more, but then, you know, hopefully that's when I can start playing it a little bit smarter. Uh, you know, training groups, I know is a big way that trainers, say it's life or it's a, it's a hack basically. Cause you yeah. know, instead of making, you know, you know, $20 a session, you could be making up to a hundred dollars a session. If you have 10, 10 athletes you're working with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had a barber on here a while back and I was asking him about that because I was a little bit confused on what his actual goals were long-term. If you keep growing, mm-hmm. you can only handle so many For clients sure. in a day. Uh, yeah. And, you know, his response was basically, you just keep increasing prices. That, that too. Yeah. And I have actually like, well, when I was at the Y actually, it kind of makes me, makes me laugh. I remember I, one of the first athletes I ever trained, uh, like we went to a soccer field and they were just paying me, you know, $20 a session, you know, but at that time that was a lot to me, like $20 um, an hour. And then, uh, that was when I was working at the Y. So it was more than what I was getting paid at the Y, um, and at that time, I just I think that's kind of you have to do that at first. You have to work for free or else little little pay. Um, but it's you're also getting invaluable experience for um, sure. Because I think like back to when I was training, you know, that athlete, you know, a lot of those drills I was doing, you know, with her, I'm I'm still doing today with some of these higher level athletes, and it was great experience. And now I charge sixty dollars an hour. Um, Right. So it's just kind of, that was your form of an internship almost, almost yeah. sacrifice a little bit, gain that experience. Almost. Yeah. And there were athletes I trained for free. Like, uh, you know, like I think I, there was a time where I posted on my Instagram story, you know, uh, come in and we'll, I'll train you and we'll shoot content from Instagram. Yeah. And I, I was actually able to get a few clients on there, a few, you know, athletes to come in and we literally just shot videos and 
I think it kind of created the perception that I was training these high level athletes, but it was really just one session for free. But, <laughs> but the, you know, the, the followers didn't need to know that. <laughs> right. Yeah. They don't need to. Yeah. That's just, it's just growth for yourself. You for know? sure. Sometimes uh-huh. you got to do stuff like that. Yep. Absolutely. When you first started doing this and you were doing those free sessions and stuff, was it a little bit scary and nerve wracking? Or did, were you always just so confident in yourself that you just didn't care? I would just say, I would. I mean, it, it is scary. It is nerve wracking, especially like when I was at the Y, and I, it took me. It's taken. I mean, I've been doing this for three years officially. Um, I've been with Amplify about one year now, um, but it took me. It's taken me a long time to build my clientele, and it. I think that's what sports performance coaches, trainers in general, they have to understand is it takes time. Um, but it's been. Yeah, like I said, it's been it's been a passion of mine. Like I love it. Um, you know, if you have two clients, you know, I think you just got to give those two clients you have everything you got, um, and then just keep being. I, there's there's a book called Grit. You know, the most successful people um, are like the grittiest. You know, they they're passionate and they're perseverant for long periods of time. Yeah, um, I think I feel like that's what I I feel like I've been that way ever since I started, and I'm just continuously trying to get the ball rolling more and more each and every day it's all about connections man absolutely it is and that's all it is i've gotten lucky you know i've gotten some parents that have you know big names like in the baseball community i was gonna say a lot of your clientele maybe not the the athletes themselves but Uh they probably come from a wealthier family oh 100 percent, yes um if somebody's paying for their kid to go through private lessons with you yeah um yeah you're right and that's kind of our target demographic is um you know those parents that can afford training. those upper class parents that want their yeah. kids to excel in athletics, hundred uh-huh. percent. And I don't know, I, I don't know what you think. I've heard, I've had some people say like they don't think Wichita is the place to do that because there's not the money. But I would disagree. Like I've, I feel like I've seen it firsthand that you know there's almost like parents that are willing to pay just about anything just to get their kids um, think- better. Anywhere you go, I think you're going to have 100%, people yeah. with money. Yeah. And there's plenty of people that I know of in Wichita that have uh-huh. a lot of money. Yes. And there's definitely. a lot of schools. I mean, oh, yes. your yeah, school the, even. Yeah, the, all the private schools. All the private schools, they, yep. Yeah, they say, I don't know, they say like, I've had people tell me like, oh, those sh- those schools should be your target demographic. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I haven't gotten a whole lot of athletes from those private schools. Um, and I think kind of like we talked about, um, a lot of times high schools are having like sport coaches run their weight programs, but it's actually the private schools that are able to afford people like CSCS certified. That that's can a good come point. In. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I haven't got a whole lot of those. I think that, I think that's why I haven't got a whole lot of those kids. That um, would make sense. I mean, yeah, they have the money to pay for shit like that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. They run, they operate more like a college than they do. For a high sure. school, no, I would agree. You know? And their, their facilities are almost crazy yeah they're yeah. nice yeah i could definitely see that yeah. but there's still wealthy families all around public schools for and sure even yeah. a lot of small towns you know yeah i because i've been training a lot of derby and mulvane kids and yeah i feel like you know there's been wealth kind of down there and um you just i think you just have to scope it out and, and then there's also like the club club sport families like i mean those like club baseball club volleyball like they they charge you know a thousand to two hundred two thousand dollars you know, just to get into a club sports season. And so I think those families are typically the ones that would probably have the money to pay for private training as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy the amount of money some of these parents will put into their athletes with private speed training and then skill training and then club sports. Um, Hopefully it pans out. Uh, yeah. 
I'd hope so too. <laughs> Do you ever have kids or parents even that are just they're they kind of give up and they're like, I don't really see any results out of this. Um. I feel like not not really because I do a, I've I've done a lot better job now with amplifies we have we have laser timers we have a vertical jump mat um, and we usually test them about once a month and I almost every single time I see improvements in the athletes and it helps when you have like a baseline data and then you can compare it month to month to see yeah show them how much they're getting better um, there have been some top, like cases where athletes have quit or or not quit but like have stopped training with me and um i think sometimes it can be tricky with athletes is a lot of times they're they're a lot busier um whereas like because you know with the general population you usually get those people year round and they're usually pretty consistent um with the athletes sometimes they can be a little bit less in uh, less consistent because again like i said you know they can always have sport practices to schedule around and whatnot um and i sometimes i feel like that can be an argument made um if, as to why they're not improving or getting results is a lot of times athletes will be missing sessions um you know it's hard to make results when you're only getting in you know twice twice a month with me right so what is your opinion on supplements and stuff like that do you recommend it to your kids so it's actually amplify we have our own supplement line um so we have like protein powder creatine uh, basically, I have everything pre-workout. Um, the, probably the number, the top two I recommend to my kids is protein powder, um, especially for the kids that need to bulk. Um, so I work with a lot of, like, male athletes, like baseball, mm-hmm. football. Um, so a lot of those kids are just kind of skinny. They're still going through puberty. Let me ask you this, though. Yeah. Not to cut you off, sorry. No, you're good. But uh, when it comes to, like, bulking and stuff and just looking huge, uh-huh. that's not necessarily beneficial for an athlete, is it? Not necessarily, um, but like I said, I have like freshmen in high school. Um, basically, like so, like I said, like going back to the kids that are lifting on their own, um, they're doing baseball skills practice, and they're doing speed work with me. I tell them oh, those kids are burning thousands of calories a day with all that activity. Yeah. So um, a lot of times, it's not even about looking huge; it's just about getting the calories in their body just to fuel all that activity mm-hmm. uh, and the protein to rebuild those muscles um so that's why i recommend protein powder typically um and i i i would tell my kids like back when i was bulking myself for college football um something i would do is i'd get protein powder milk oatmeal peanut butter banana i put that in a blender and that's like 700 calories right there and i would yeah. do that like three times a day um so you know you're just I, trying to get as many calories as possible for sure and yeah it's like what, and, that's every. That's my dream, right there. And that's the. Those are, that's that. I miss those days myself because when I was playing football and lifting and you know practicing, I could literally eat what you know whatever the hell I wanted. Oh, yeah. And I would, uh, you know, I wouldn't get fat. And now, now, unfortunately, the it's it's turned a little bit. You know, I can't really eat those calories as much. Yeah, and I'm not sure. You know, a lot of people equate that with age, and I'm not real sure about that. Yeah, it's probably it's, more. Physical the, activity. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I mean, because I went through military boot camp, and we would eat so much, and uh-huh. I was just, you know, fit. Just yeah. looked good. Uh-huh. And, you know, being out for so long now from that stage yeah. of my life, it's like I'm. if I order something, I'm like, I don't know. That's 300 more calories yeah. for that, you know. Right. I, I would love to have the problem of trying to find calories oh, no. and trying to add for calories. Sure. You know? <laughs> That's the thing I tell these kids. Like, this probably may not be the best, like, nutrition advice, but, like, 
Sometimes they'll say like it's it's not gonna kill them if they eat a cheeseburger and fries from McDonald's. For sure, they just need the calories. Yeah. And sometimes it's easier to get, you know, uh, calories from McDonald's than it is to eat, you know, chicken and rice. You know, yeah. Not everybody loves to. You gotta eat, eat a lot of chicken. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. Eat a big ribeye. Yes, exa- you know? exactly. I have no sure. problem doing that every day. Yeah. Do you think, like, health-wise and stuff, it's more important to be physically active and working out all the time, or is it more nutritionally important? I feel like they go hand-in-hand. I would honestly say uh, I feel like the physical activity is probably a little bit more important, in my opinion. It it depends on what the goals are. Like, if somebody's trying to look aesthetically pleasing and have a six-pack, I would say the nutrition is going to be more important. But if you're just looking to be healthy and – you know, injury free, I would say the physical activity is going to be more important. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what your boy Tiger, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. said too, is that you can basically eat whatever you want. Yeah. As long as you're, you know. That's, yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of how I am right now is I, yeah. I work out three or four days a week and then I'm always, I'm, I feel like I have a very, very active job with, you know, demonstrating exercises for my athletes and walking around, being on my feet all day. Like my dime, I'll be, you know, the first who meant my diet's not very good. And so, yeah, I still feel like I have a decent physique for, you know, how bad I eat. Yeah. So <laughs> can't complain there. right? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, going back to like supplements and stuff though, again, with kids that are that young going through puberty and stuff, would mm-hmm. you recommend them not using creatine? Um, creatine, I don't think is horrible. It's a natural substance it's naturally produced by your body yeah so they could honestly be on that just about year round um and not have any side effects i mean the only thing is it it does make you retain water so usually it makes it more important to drink lots of water um but i, I do think whole foods is the best best um, way to get absolutely your and stuff, yeah. yeah and what, when i was a uh, in middle school i would drink there was a diet they call it like a gallon of milk a day i probably drank half a gallon of milk but that was a thing it is yeah and it's milk it whole milk is one of the best uh I would say bulking hacks is, you know, it's got it's loaded with calories and fat and protein. And I don't know if you see it. There's some teams that will do chocolate milk post-workout recovery. You know, I've heard that before. Yeah. That, um, a lot of athletes have said that their best post-workout recovery is chocolate, chocolate milk. milk. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And Unless you're lactose intolerant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, and like I said, I think it's good for the super active athletes, like football players and stuff like that, because um, they can get away with the calories and the sugar um, There's some people like UFC fighters and stuff. They'll drink like a Pepsi after their. Right, yeah, well, I mean, when they're especially UFC and wrestling, um, those are some def- different breed sports where yeah. you're sweating and you're probably burning yeah over you, thousands. Of, I used to, I used to wrestle back in the day. So. Okay, do you ever work with any fighters, MMA or anything um, like that? No, not really. Not really. No. Would you be open to doing that? I if would. Some kid was going through jujitsu or something, and yeah. you wanted some advice from you. I definitely you? would. I, I do have some wrestlers that I train, um, but yeah, I don't have. I've never really worked with like a boxer or UFC, like like uh, martial arts or anything like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, definitely would be open to that. <clears throat> now, uh, when it comes to steroids and stuff like that, the illegals. Obviously, you're not going to ever recommend your athletes or students to be on those, hopefully. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> What's your opinion on them, though, as a whole? Um, I mean, they're, proven, general. they're proven to work, um, proven performance enhancements. Yeah. Um, I just don't think the side effects are worth it, in my opinion. Um, and I do think, like, uh, I don't know what the word is. Uh, like, morally, I don't think it's really right to do, be taking steroids in high school 
when everybody's all natural like uh, do you think we should be allowing it more in sports not in high not at not in high school not in um, high school i would even say not in college either i mean the professionals i think that's where people get away with it like uh, bodybuilding tiger said that yeah, that's it's a necessity that, in that is world. A ne- I, I would agree yeah i, I would agree. but that's just purely physique you that's know? yeah that, exactly obviously like fighting and stuff you don't want people to be roided out knocking each other out probably no not really i mean like what said, about it, like baseball I mean, it is common in baseball um, with, uh, like, I think Barry Bonds was proven. To yeah, be dude. Roids. They yeah. were juicing. I, I mean, I feel like with any sport, roids is going to help you. Um, you know, football, it's going to help you have more size and it's going to help you sprint faster. Yeah, I think even, no, I don't know if Tiger Woods was on steroids. I don't know if it'd no. really help you in some sports. Yeah. Like, like yeah, probably like bo- soccer like- and basketball and. Yeah, yeah. Ones where it's just, like, really cardio-heavy? Yeah, I would probably agree with that. Uh, Well, Lance Armstrong, I think, was on steroids. Oh, yeah, that's right, he was. Yeah. So, (laughs) Maybe you will. Yeah, I think think pretty much any sport, roids would help you and give you some type of advantage. If it was up to you, if you were the president right now and it was in your hands to allow roids in certain sports, would you keep it as it is? I would keep it as it is, yeah. I I just think. You wouldn't let people like Barry Bonds knock him out of the park, juice Uh, it up? No, just (laughs) because, like I said, I, like... The way I was, you know, I became an athlete was just all through hard work in the weight room and doing it the natural way. And I think, yeah, you know, that's that's the thing is with the if if you got somebody on roids, they probably they may not even have to lift. Whereas you got guys that are you know working their butt off in the weight room. Uh, that's something that a lot of people tout though that have done steroids. They uh-huh. say that you have to work harder if you're doing steroids. Um, you so don't that, just get it by juicing. You got to yeah. Be in the I mean, you room. you are right. Um. Like recovery time decreases, so they could probably work up, you know, work out like two or work three times more. a day, yeah, and not be as sore and get faster results. Um, but yeah, I still, I still wouldn't uh, recommend it. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> we hear Liver King just came out and said that he was roiding the whole time. Really? You know him? Uh, I don't think so. You heard of the oh. Liver King? No, I I think it's like oh man, he's the new internet sensation okay. right now. Yeah, off to, off eats to raw up. meat. Gotcha. Shredded. Is there a Netflix documentary? I don't think so. I've just been seeing random shit online about him every gotcha. now and then. Uh, but yeah. he finally admitted that he was on steroids. Yeah, n- people n- have been saying it for a while. At least, I think it's good when people at least admit they're on steroids. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to the people that, you know, just lie about it. I think it's just not, not cool. Yeah. Because then it, get, it sends a false, like... Uh, image to like the aspiring youth athletes, you know, that they can get there naturally. Right. So, are there any other weird misconceptions in your world of athletes or performance training that people um, have? I would say, like, going back to the social media, um, I think everything's kind of turned, and, you know, I may be guilty of it myself, is uh, things have kind of turned into just advanced um, drills you'll see all the time on social media those are the ones most popular like um doing some weird quick feet ladder drill is probably going to get more likes than somebody you know uh doing a bodyweight push-up um but it's really i think it's the fundamentals of you know learning how to move properly learning how to do a push-up before you go into a bench press learning how to properly squat learning how to pump your arms properly drive your knees like those are the things athletes need Just to ha- proper form yeah they need to hammer that every single day but the thing is those clips probably won't get the most likes on instagram whereas you know these 
these weird cone and ladder drills are the ones that are blowing up on my on people's timelines. Just because it looks impressive. Yeah, exactly. You know, probably. Exactly. It's all about that attention grabbing sure. stuff that just looks crazy. Definitely. What's the number one exercise or workout you think an athlete could do to improve their overall performance? Um, well, it's 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 hard to say like what what they're trying to do. Um, I guess they probably all have different goals. So that's not yeah. really a fair question. Uh-huh. But is there something that stands out to you that um, really you've seen a lot of great results with? Oh, actually I do. Yeah. Um one is heavy sled pushes. Um that's I think any age from youth athletes even to older adults, they can do sled pushes. Um, but it's perfect because it mimics that sprinting pattern. Like you you have to drive your knees, you have to attack the ground. Um, I think it's probably the best drill for athletes to do or best, one of the best movements for athletes. Um, pretty much. That's just putting weight on a sled and yeah, pushing and just, it. Yeah. And I would say you can load that thing up to, I mean, I have athletes that can do almost 500 pounds on that. Is that um, different ver- than pulling it? Uh, so there's two different weight. Well, I like doing both. There's the sled push. Um, that mimics more of the uh, sprinting mechanics. And then there's like, you can attach a TRX and then you can just grab it and walk straight back. And that's actually really good for like knee health. And it hits more of the, the front of the quads. Um, so actually at Amplify, we had like a little test where it's, I, I would do it with my athletes where they push it down to the end of the turf, about 10 yards, as much weight. And then they pull it back. Um, so it's like basically the sled push and pull. And so you're kind of getting the best of both worlds with the sprinting mechanics. And then also you're hitting the front of the quads um, with the pull. What about putting weight behind you and pulling it forwards? Is that the same motion um, as pushing it? Like attaching like a harness? Yeah, I've yeah, seen like harness yeah. sleds where people are like trying to um, sprint. That's not horrible. It's not my fit. I, I don't really do it a whole lot. You think pushing a sled is pushing, a lot more yeah, effective? Uh, definitely, definitely. So, so that's something that stands out that you've been like seen crazy. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, I think that's probably the best thing for athletes to do is heavy sled pushes. That, that will almost, I feel like if you can do that on a consistent basis, that will almost guarantee your <laughs> sprinting time will go down. So, so that would be like one of your biggest pieces of advice to somebody out there. That's like, Hey, I really want to get faster. Yeah. I think, I think that's one of the things I think there's more that goes into it. I think also just. Um, sprinting, doing sprints at full speed um, is like a non-negotiable. Um, you know, I think, yeah, just one of the fast ways to sprint, faster is to actually sprint. Um, and that's something I like. Like I said, I have my radar timers with the lasers, and I feel like when athletes are being timed, they're more likely to sprint full speed when, as opposed to just you know running down and back. Oh, uh, yeah. So... They got that mental exactly, it's that, yeah. It's they're like, always, oh, the clock is on for sure, and they're always trying to beat their time. Yeah, and so uh, we we like using that a lot. There too. is something to that kind of stuff, you for know? sure, hundred percent. Yeah, when yeah when tricking when, them almost. Yeah, when they have baseline times and when they have something to compete against, I think that and even sometimes they'll do like partner speed drills where they basically have to chase down their partner and tag them, and that again, that just gives them an incentive to sprint faster. Mm-hmm. So. Hell yeah, man. What would you say are the best and worst parts of being a sports performance coach? Um, I think just the best part for me is it's just so rewarding um, helping athletes, you know, get to where they want to be and being a part of their life, just, you know, being that extra person that cares about them. Um, 
you know, I've, I've had athletes write me thank you notes. You know, I've had I've I love going to their games and watching them compete. Um, Seeing your direct results play absolutely. out in like a game or 100%. something. Yeah, that's yes. gotta feel great. Yeah, and then even then, it's it's not even so much about the, the athleticism um, increasing. It's also the self confidence. You know, there's a lot of times you'll get those kids that are a little bit more introverted and they maybe don't believe in themselves as much. And then, you know, six months or a year down the line after training and seeing their improvements, they start just becoming different human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's that's super rewarding, um, you know, getting to see that as well. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. And that's something that a lot of kids go through too, especially mm-hmm. when they're in that weird age where you're still developing mentally yeah. and physically and – you kind of just don't know what your purpose is, 100%. who you are. Yeah. So to have that extra person there that's working one-on-one like mm-hmm. you, yeah, that's got to be huge for them, you know. Builds, Absolutely. Makes them believe in themselves a lot more. Yeah, yeah. So very, very rewarding. Are there any cons, things that you hate about it? Um, I would say one is it the, the hours can be tough, you know, where you're basically working 4 o'clock to 9 p.m. Yeah. Uh, like I don't, I don't, I usually don't eat dinner until like 9.30 9 30 10 o'clock that's usually my dinner time um after i get home from the gym mcdonald's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> sometimes i mean sometimes like i don't have time to cook so I'll yeah just grab something on the way home um and it, it can be very busy so like you know honestly where where i'm at in my career my sessions and my clients take priority so sometimes i don't necessarily have the time to work out um as long as i'd like to um and then sometimes it can be a little bit um of a pain, you know, marketing and, you know, getting payments from parents and stuff like that, you know, um, and sometimes there are those pushy parents that are like, you know, Oh, I'm paying you a lot of money. I want to see this improvement or, you know, sometimes parents will try and watch sessions and coach, you know, coach their kids and play the assistant coach role. And that can be a little annoying. annoying. Yeah. But luckily most of the parents I have, like they, a lot of times they just leave their kids alone and, the kids will drive themselves to the training sessions, and there's some parents like I've never really met in person. You know, I always try to make a phone call or send an email to keep them up to date. But um, you know, always kind of do appreciate that when the parent kind of lets their athlete um, and me just train, and you know, leaves us alone. Well, yeah, I mean, you're dealing with people, and any job yeah. where you're dealing with people, you're going to have those ones that stand out as assholes or weirdos or whatever yeah and i think the way you kind of have to think about it as a sports performance coach or even business owner entrepreneur is like these parents these clients they're the ones paying your bills you know they're the ones there's like they're kind of like your boss in a way yeah so you gotta do everything you can to please them and uh make sure they're happy is this something you can make a great living in i think so i think it takes a lot of work um i think that's the thing with uh, the balance, or that's the difference I see with private sector and the college strength and conditioning is, um, you know, college strength and conditioning, maybe there's a little bit more stability because you're getting salary, consistent paychecks, whereas pretty much what I'm doing is basically all commission-based. Um, so, like I said, continue to grind. I it's mean, all I, on your own. It is. It's yeah. up to you. Like, and it, that's what I like. I, is there, I have a lot of freedom to kind of do as I please. But, yeah, it's up to me, you know, to find these clients, to find these athletes, train them up as best as I can. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, like I said, I think people love passion. And so if they see, you know, like like the parents, if they see, you know, this guy is giving my, my son, my daughter, you know, everything he's got for an hour, you know, out of his day, you know, I think they're more likely to refer and you know, they'll, they'll understand, like, you got to make a living. And so, right. 
Um, I think the ceiling's pretty high if you can find consistent athletes and consistent clients. Um, I think you can make good money. And, right on, man. So, do you have any advice for anybody out there that would consider this career path, or um, for a kid maybe that's trying to become a super athlete? Yeah, I mean, I'd say first, I mean, just be be passionate, be persistent. Um, it's all, like I said, it's not really all about how talently or you know, athletically gifted you are and talented. It's just I think work ethic and drive, you know, and finding that fire inside of you is going to what is what's going to take you far, you know, in both as, in your sport if you're a young athlete, but also if you're a trainer, you know, or a sports performance coach looking to make a career. Um, it's just that it's that same drive you had when you were an athlete that you got to you got to take to um, your career. Mm-hmm. So, hell yeah, man. Well. Tell everybody where they can find Absolutely. you. Absolutely, yeah. So then, like I said, if you're uh, a young athlete that's looking for training, or um, if you're a train, your sports performance coach looking to get in this setting, um, definitely feel free to reach out to me. Um, number one uh, social media platform I use is uh, Instagram. It's at David Acow Training, um, and then I use Facebook, uh, just David Acow on Facebook. Basically, don't ever really turn down any friend requests. Yeah, uh, I use TikTok. David Cow Training. I try to use every platform. LinkedIn. Um, so Twitter. No, actually, don't, I'm not a big Twitter guy. No Twitter. No. I think I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. Yeah. But you know, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn. I try to post. Well, Instagram and Facebook, I basically post daily, and then like the TikTok and LinkedIn, it's probably about weekly sometimes. Right on. And so. for everybody listening, that's all in my description. It's all on my social media platforms too. So find the episode. Go to the description and you'll see all of those links there to his social medias you can find him you want to tell him like a website for your gym or something uh like that? yes so gym i train out of primarily is amplifymytraining.com uh we are located inside of wichita hoops um and then we are looking uh you know the derby and Mulvane kids we do have a south location and um a derby location that we're you know, working on right now so um we got a lot of options and uh, we'd love to help you out Hell yeah, brother. Thanks for sharing all that today. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you for coming on here. It means a lot to yeah, me. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Trainer Dave, folks. Yes. Cheers, sir. Go Cats. Yeah.